ESG. This three-letter acronym has the potential to transform the face of social care. But what is ESG and how does it relate to the care sector? Not only that, but why do all care leaders need to develop an understanding of ESG well enough so that they can build it into their organisation-wide strategy? To begin the journey of understanding the ESG landscape and its implications for the care sector, I invited Deborah Roundtree from Bevan Britain to come and speak to me. I'm Simon Parker, and this is the Care Leaders Network podcast. ESG strategy. What, why, and how. So, Deborah, tell me, what exactly is ESG? So ESG stands for Environmental, Social and Governance, and it's really intended to be a way or a set of standards for measuring an organisation's impact on the environment and society, and to look at how transparent and accountable an an organisation is. So if you take each element in turn, environmental criteria, Um, really covers the management of environmental risks by an organisation. So more specifically, looking at things like energy use, carbon emissions, waste management. And it's this sort of element of ESG is really relevant to businesses that hold a number of property assets. So it is particularly relevant to to the care sector. Um, And, you know, examples we've seen of, of, of businesses making progress in this area is sort of looking across their portfolios of properties at what can be done to reduce carbon emissions and improve energy efficiency, be that through improving glazing or insulation or maybe replacing gas boilers with alternative sources of energy Um, and also possibly looking at implementing the use of electric vehicles if if they use a lot of vehicles in their organisation. Social criteria relates much more to impact on the community. Um, So undoubtedly, you know, the the care sector has an inherent social value and and is well placed to sort of demonstrate this criteria. But that's exactly what this is about. It's about demonstrating that against an objective set of targets, um, showing, for example, how you treat your employees. Do you have a staff wellbeing programme? Are you doing things to support the training and development of your workforce? And and looking at how sort of diverse and inclusive you are as an organisation. And then the final pillar of of sort of ESG is is governance and that looks much more at sort of quality suitability and performance of boards of organizations and and policies that they have in place so the fact that as a sector um, care is heavily regulated should in theory help with this as as a lot of organizations should have a good minimum standard of governance in order to satisfy CQC requirements but this is really about improving the way organizations are run and and demonstrating that to others and I guess Simon the reason why we're kind of talking about ESG and why it really is relevant is that this is something we're seeing investors focus a lot more on and look at a business's 
ESG credentials when they decide whether or not to invest in them. I know um, I'm certainly having a lot more discussions with funders and investors that I work with about this. Um, but I think it's 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 fair to say it's an area where the sector is a bit behind other sectors in terms of organisations having strategies and plans in place for this. I think um, there was a survey carried out by CBRE last year that found that less than 50% of care providers had any kind of ESG strategy or plan. Um, which you know is is understandable and and maybe not really surprising given the challenges that the sector's faced in recent years but it's really now becoming important for a variety of reasons for for organizations to really start thinking about their credentials in in terms of ESG and and how they can demonstrate those thank you for the just breakdown on that i think that was really really helpful interesting what you said about the the fact that the 50% of care providers don't yet have an ESG strategy. Um, I've spoken to quite a few care leaders in the last six, 12 months who are actually using ESG, the kind of the fundamentals of the framework, if you like, to try and help shake off, uh, shake off some of the, the, the kind of the, the COVID overhang almost um, to, to be able to try and invigorate with their team to try and obviously, of course, the pandemic was uh, tragic and uh, uh, deeply traumatic for, for for an awful lot of uh, awful lot of people. It put an immense amount of pressure on the on the care sector. Um, but the care leaders that I've been speaking to about this have kind of they they want to use this as a way to to re reform and become more strategic about where they see some of their more exciting projects and things in the future and where you can make sure that we're uh, the, the, the care sector is doing a better job of looking after the environment having more of a, a social conscience obviously as you put it, put it uh, the care sector of course has an inherent social conscience but then also from a governance perspective as well how is the kind of the composition of the the, the governance structure for the care organization structured as well and where can improvements be made in that respect um those are exciting things that people can really, really get behind as well. And I think it's as part of the brand of social care on a macro level, and then also part of the brand of an organization uh, from a uh, from a new business perspective. So from an inquiries perspective, and then also from a recruitment perspective, being more mindful of things like the environment are really, really powerful recruitment tools. And I think people will start making more and more decisions around the types of organizations that they choose to align themselves with because they feel an affinity to them. And I think ESG gives people something to strategically from a business perspective, it gives people kind of some clear direction around aspirationally where they could be from, uh, from an environmental, uh, from an ESG perspective. Um, but it, it, it filters down within the organization. There are all sorts of almost indirect benefits of, of of doing so as as well um interested to hear your your, your view on that as well because of course you must be having similar conversations with people yeah absolutely that that's completely right simon and whilst you know we, we've talked about this becoming more of a real area of focus for investors i think you're right it it's it's actually becoming much more of an area of focus for wider stakeholders in an organization from people that you're looking to recruit to your existing workforce to people who are potentially going to use your services 
even you know people in your supply chain who who are supplying you with with goods and services i think everyone is so much more interested in this and you know we we see that ourselves when when we go out to recruit or 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 you know talk to people about doing work with them we get asked much more questions now about what we're doing to protect the environment and 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 what we're doing from a social responsibility perspective and i think that's the same, you know, ac- across all sectors, inc- including care. Um, so this isn't just about something that can, you know, broaden out the, the pool of investors that you can go out to or potentially offer you cheaper funding. It can, as you say, help with recruitment. It it can help um, in terms of your existing workforce feeling, you know, that they're working for an organization that cares about these things in a in a positive way. I think there are also, you know, additional benefits from, for example, if you look at your properties and improve things like insulation or make the heating or cooling systems more efficient, you know, then that also has a real benefit for residents in care homes. So, you know, people who who are who are living in the homes day to day that that really benefits them um and it can also really help with the costs that an organization faces if if sort of using the environmental example again but if you can reduce carbon emissions increase your energy efficiency then you're likely to reduce your overall operating costs mainly by reducing you know high energy bills which we know are a challenge for a number of providers um so so that's another added benefit and then i guess also i wouldn't there's benefits and i think there's also then changes that are going to happen in the future that mean really people are going to have to look at this aside from the benefits just because of expectations um yeah I wouldn't be a lawyer if I didn't talk about legislation but I think we are likely to see more legislation around this in the future maybe not in the very near future but in in the sort of medium to long term um at at the moment you know there's there is legislation out there that only applies to really large organizations um so for example last year um, we had regulations that came in that required really large companies and large financial institutions to make um, information disclosures regarding um, what they're doing in terms of, cli- you know, their impact on the on the climate. Um, but I think, given that the government's committed to achieving net zero by two thousand and fifty, we're likely to see more legislation and regulations in in this area and that could ultimately trickle down to smaller organizations so i think with all the sort of benefits that we've talked about and 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 also the potential that that there may be requirements coming further down the line really now is a is a very good time for organizations to be starting to really think about esg targets and strategies and and, and and things that they can start putting in place now yeah that makes total sense and i mean you, one would hope that because of the positive outcome of a, to a certain extent adhering to the esg framework that people would be uh let's almost say like philosophically aligned or inclined let's say 
to wanting to direct their business in a way which is more mindful of the the, the kind of fundamental pillars of, of ESG. Um, but there are, as you say, there that it's likely that we're going to end up in a world where this is going to be part of the the, the the legislation and things. So it makes sense for people to kind of get a bit ahead of the ahead of the game. I, I don't want to um, underplay also the importance of the 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 um, the funding um, implications of ESG as well. Because am I right in saying that? So from a, an equity investment and then from a debt finance uh, uh, funding perspective that the ESG framework is for, for, for people looking to deploy capital or to, to lend money, that the criteria is basically set from a financial perspective and, and to, to help guide them where to lend and where to deploy capital. Is that is that the, the kind of uh, originally where the ESG framework almost came from or have I misinterpreted that somewhat? No, I think that's right. So I think a lot of... Um equity investors now for example will have you know when they're doing due diligence on organizations and deciding talking to them about whether they can make an investment I know from from speaking to, to people who work at those investors and from from what our clients have, have dealt with that that there's they're provided now with effectively sort of ESG questionnaires as part of that process. So, you know, they, they, there'd be certain questions around certain areas of ESG, different from investor to investor, you know, no one size fits all, but, um, and, and, and investors aren't necessarily expecting people to be able to tick all the boxes in those questionnaires, but certainly as part of the process, want to find out what people are doing in those areas and similarly with banks we know that certainly for certain banks as part of the the credit process now you know ESG is considered whereas it might not not have been a number of a number of years ago um so there's sort of that aspect to it and then also from a funding perspective there are kind of products as well that are specifically designed around ESG which can help in terms of funding for sustainability products or pro projects, sorry, or that might offer cheaper funding if certain targets are met. So I can briefly explain the differences between those if, if that would help. Yeah, that makes sense. So um, I'll, I'll just to make sure that I've interpreted what you've explained there. So you've got um, ESG capital and funding that can be made available to fuel growth of care organizations um and that they will have their own frameworks that they will in uh, uh endeavor to or at least encourage their uh their clients to be able to adhere to to have some type of somewhere between an inclin uh, an inclination towards wanting to implement a strategy and having a strategy in place and to actively encourage them to follow the principles of, of ESG and that that would enable them to benefit from um, probably a wider pool of, of uh, either capital or, or funding. And then on top of that kind of almost like that kind of fundamental layer, I guess if somebody was to say, right, okay, so we've got a fleet of 300 vehicles, I'm making this up, of course, but like we've got a fleet of 300 vehicles or whatever the number might be, or we want solar panels on our roof. Are you saying that like the funding specifically for those types of 
products or services that fit very snugly within that ESG framework, that there are kind of favorable finance options available for those particular types of things. Is that what you're is is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. So there are um there are green what what are known as green financing products out there, which typically would be, you know, a, a loan to fund a specific green project. So um that means the proceeds of the funding are used in a green or sustainable way. So that could be to retrofit a portfolio of properties, or it could be to install low carbon heating systems. So these are products where you can obtain funding for particular green purposes, ESG purposes. And then there's another set of funding products called sustainability linked products. And these are products where you can use the funding. So use the proceeds of a loan for whatever you want it. You know, it might just be, you know, for for general working capital purposes or to make acquisitions or for, for whatever purpose you want to use the funding for. But within the, but you'll agree with the funder at the outset, some sustainability linked targets. So, things that you're going to agree to to do so it, it could be to you know achieve a certain level of epc across a number of properties or it could be linked to diversity at board level or or reducing a pay gap by a certain amount and and the way these products work is that if you hit those targets then you will reduce the pricing that you're paying for that product. So using a loan, for example, if you achieve the targets that you've agreed with the bank for that loan within the timeframe you've agreed, then the interest that you pay on the loan would reduce slightly. So it, it, you're correct. So in addition to, you know, the, the fundamental point is that you can, you're likely to be able to access a wider range of funders and investors if you can demonstrate ESG credentials, but then, if you're able to take it to the next level, there might also be opportunities to, you know, obtain cheaper funding from those lenders and investors. And, and equally, if if you actually have, if you look at putting together a strategy and you think, actually, I need funding in order to be able to do this, then there are options out there from that perspective as well. Sure, that makes that makes loads of sense. Thanks for breaking that, that part down. Um, you you mentioned an acronym EPC. Sorry, I've I've not heard of that before. I just thought I'd double check and make sure I've I've got that one. Oh, sorry, Energy Performance Certificate. So um, so now most properties. I'm not a property lawyer, so apologies if I get this wrong. But I think all properties have a an, a level of EPC. Um, and and you know we sometimes see in loans that 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 borrowers and companies will commit to you know they're going to improve the energy efficiency of properties and commit to getting that EPC to a better level. And they'll demonstrate that through um, getting up-to-date EPC certificates that show that they've achieved that. Got you. No, that makes uh, that makes sense. I knew I'd heard of the ac- acronym somewhere. Um, but uh, but yeah, of course, I mean, it doesn't matter whether you're buying a care home or a residential property. There's yeah. always an EPC rating. It's the uh, There's like a colour coding method, isn't it? Depending on where you are on the stand. So yeah, no, that yeah. makes 
that makes sense. Um, uh, took me a moment to, to catch up. So thank you for thank you for explaining that point. Um, okay, so people watching and listening this, if they're not already um, minded to to be thinking about ESG and ESG strategy, will probably be thinking something along the lines of, well, okay, so this sounds great. It sounds like a worthwhile thing to be able to do. There's obviously lots of benefits of uh, of um, adhering to the to the fundamentals of ESG, like how do you like where do you even start because obviously in a world i always say this but i i don't know any care leaders that aren't time poor so like what's the what are the what are the basics that they have to grapple with to to, to begin with and like where can they take things once they've got the the kind of the the uh the wheels in motion as such yeah and i think this is a really important question simon because you know people this is the thing that i think a lot of people find daunting about ESG is is where do I start I haven't done anything yet where do I start and um you know I think that the important thing for everyone to remember is you're not going to be able to do everything all at once this is something that's going to take time but the important thing is just to get started you know start taking small steps and and start building your strategy and and really the fundamentals of any ESG strategy are to set targets. So, you know, just really think about what you want to achieve and, and you know, things that are relevant to your organisation. Um, develop strategies to achieve those targets. So think about how you're going to get there. And then really look at how you can measure your progress on that. ESG journey and, and and show people how you if you're achieving those targets so um I think there are breaking it down there are a few things people really can do to get started and and that we would usually recommend and I think firstly I would say you know talk to people speak to your peers um you know reach out to similar organizations in the sector to to learn what they're doing and to avoid reinventing the wheel um i know i said earlier on that there are more than 50% of organizations don't have an esg strategy but there are a proportion of them that that do and actually you know there, there's some organizations now that have information about their esg policy on their websites as well so i think you know talk to people and 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 actually have a look on on the on the websites that can be helpful just to find out what what other people are doing it won't all be relevant to you but but some of it might be um and then ideally look at a mixture of short term and long term targets so you could look at things you could start doing small steps you could take in the short term that would start building momentum um and and then you know whilst you're thinking about and looking at putting longer term higher impact projects into motion so for example you could look at you know we see some organizations are, are doing things around recycling at their premises and just general waste management and and maybe there's something you can do around that to to just get started um but also don't forget to look at what you're already doing um because I think the, the, the overarching theme here is that there's a lot of organisations that probably are already doing very positive things, but maybe just don't have 
targets around how they're going to progress those or aren't actively reporting on them. So, for example, it, it could be that you, you have a recruitment strategy that is aimed at improving the diversity of, of your organization, but maybe just look at putting specific parameters in place around that and how you're gonna how you're gonna measure it. Um, I think we've talked a lot obviously about banks and investors and um I would say also speak to your funders, to your banks and investors. You know, the people, the people that you deal with at, at your funder, the organizations they work for are likely to have ESG policies in place. They're likely to understand quite a lot about ESG or have people within their organizations who do. And and generally I find they're really quite happy to to talk about ESG and and see that as a positive thing. So they could help you come up with a plan. You know, even if you don't have any of the types of products in place or aren't looking to put them in place. I think they they can be a good sounding board and, and give you a, a view. Um, and then I guess also this isn't just something that you should discuss at, at senior level. We talked earlier about how actually ESG can have a really positive impact in terms of recruitment and that it's something that the workforce are really becoming more interested in and engaged with and you know I guess I'd also say you know talk to talk to your members of staff share your plans and thoughts with them and sort of set parameters within which they can share their ideas with you because you know they're on the ground every day they might be seeing things that they think could be improved or just have some ideas around what 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 you're already doing in terms of positive change so um so yeah talk talk to people at all levels I guess the you know the key is to start having conversations and just start taking small steps whilst looking to build that that overall strategy but you know it's not it's not going to happen in a day but just start and break it down be the best advice I guess you've almost got like there's a number of phases there. There's almost like research, speak to funders, investors, et cetera, speak to your team, find out um, more about ESG, maybe what other organizations are doing and things. Because to your point, like there's probably actually quite a lot that's already happening within care organizations, but they won't necessarily kind of go, oh, that's an ESG thing. We should document mm. it, create a strategy around it. So it may be that there's five, 10, 15 brilliant things that are already happening that all they need is a little bit of, um, uh, uh, uh kind of uh, i say sophistication just a bit of a process some as you say some targets etc that you can already start to start to measure and say right okay this is how we're making a positive impact it might not even be that you introduce anything new for a period of time because it's just a case of right we're doing all this great stuff already we just need to do a better doc better job of documenting it and giving ourselves an opportunity to optimize the things that we're already doing just by undergoing that process, by making it a thing, by getting people talking about the fundamentals of ESG, people are likely to say, oh, right, um, you know what would be fascinating? Uh, we um, we see, I'm just trying to think, uh, I was having a conversation with somebody about employing more males into frontline care worker roles, as an example. Um, 
how do you go about doing that? That could be seen as a, a diversity and inclusion um, strategy. Like, what are you doing in regards to that? How are you making sure that you have more of a balance within the team? And I mean, that's at the frontline level at the uh, at the senior leadership team. I'd say there's probably the imbalance then flips the other way around. So maybe what are the opportunities to be able to improve from, from that perspective as well? So you can see how everyone's probably got uh, an unintentional ES, the basis of an, uh, an ESG strategy there anyway. It's like, what have you got today? And then how can you keep improving that? Because to your point, this isn't going to, this isn't the type of thing that you just, Rome wasn't built in a day, right? You've got, you've got what you've got. You implement the things that you've got, uh, the, 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 th the brilliant things that you're already doing and then maybe shine a bit of a positive light on it. And then it's the same as anything. It's those 1% improvements that you can add as you go through the process. And as long as you're documenting that journey and seeing those, the positive impact compound over time, you've got a story then that you can share with whether it be uh, investors or funders or whether it be your workforce or your uh, potential customers or potential new team members, all of that type of stuff. You've got a narrative that you can hang all of this type of stuff off. And that's where you're taking it from the kind of the nuts and bolts, practical type stuff, all the way through to the strategic brand really high impact things that you then turn into a story that you can, um, that people can get um, bought into and excited about because this particular organization takes this really, really seriously. They're mindful of, yeah, the fundamentals of, of ESG as a, as a whole. So it's probably one of those things that maybe sounds like a bigger job than it is. Obviously it needs due time, care and attention, um, but there's probably some brilliant stuff that's already happening that just needs a little bit of work just to shine that, shine that light on the great work that's already happening. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Great. Talk to me about the future of that ESG then, because I can remember having a conversation with my wife, who's now the COO of the Care Leaders Network. Uh, she used to work for Clipper Chance, uh, so big, big, big law firm. Uh, she ran their global alumni program. And I can remember her mentioning ESG about 10 years ago. And I remember thinking to myself, I don't know what that is. You're going to have to explain this to me. And she explained it to me then. And that was when it was... I guess far more conceptual because the, the the again the concept has been around for quite a long time. We're now getting to a point where people are more mindful of their social responsibility, their uh, the the diversity and inclusion, the environment, all of it, all of it, all the fundamentals of uh, of ESG. Like, I think we've done a good job of framing where we are today. Like, where do we go from here? Like, what does that what does that all look like? I think it's it's interesting because. You're right. It's it's been around for a while and people have been talking about it for a while. And, you know, I think there was some some people who thought a number of years ago, is this another sort of buzzword that, you know, will will be around for a short while and then we'll we'll not hear out about it again. But there's so there's so much, you know, um, well, it, 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 climate change is so important. What's happening with the environment is so important. And, and as we've talked about people care so much more about things like social responsibility and 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 you know people want to work for organizations that are diverse and inclusive that that this isn't going to go anywhere it's just i think going to become more of the norm just ultimately every organization will have some kind of esg strategy it'll be at differing levels but but that's where we'll end up um but i think as far as the the care sector goes, I think that's really exciting because, as we've discussed, actually, you know, organisations are well placed to be able to demonstrate these credentials. And from a you know looking at it from a 
from a funding perspective, um, I am seeing now more and more investors and funders that perhaps haven't invested in this sector before that are interested in doing so now, um, not only because it, you know, it's viewed as a robust sector for investment at the moment, but also because of those ESG credentials. So I think, you know, that's only going to help keep attracting more investment. I think one of the biggest challenges we have is consistency in terms of people knowing how to report on this and how how organizations are benchmarked against other organizations or or standards that have that apply across the board i think you know in in an ideal world there would be a sort of standard way that organizations can report on their esg credentials but it with something like ESG, it's not possible. You know, we've seen we've seen certain sectors that have introduced some level of reports, consistent reporting standards. So, for example, we've seen that in social housing, where they have the um, the um, sustainability reporting standard for social housing, and that's a sort of framework of KPIs that housing associations can report against. It's a voluntary framework and banks and investors have signed up to that but that you know I don't think that translates across to all sectors and certainly you know in in care there's a much greater range of organizations and 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 there's no sort of one size fits all approach but I I still think we will get to a position where there'll be more guidance out there for organizations and we'll develop more of a consistent approach in terms of reporting and I think one of the really positive things is that there are a number of people in the sector now who are really looking at this. Um, and I don't know if you've heard about the Social Care Sustainability Alliance, which has been um, established by by representatives from a cross-section of organisations. So Barclays are involved in that and, and there are other advisors and, and operators as well who are involved in that. And they're sort of really looking at how they can help social care providers across the UK make meaningful and impactful changes. So there is work being done in the sector and progress being made overall. You know, I think the fact that we're talking about it today that, you know, a, a lot of events I'm going to now, there are discussions happening about it. So people will naturally start to share ideas and, and help each other with how they can progress this. But you know, I think overall the sector has a really positive message to tell when it comes to ESG and, and that's only going to keep attracting more investment, um, which is a really good thing. What a great way to round things up. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for your time, Deborah. Uh, you've explained, I think, the, the most important parts of ESG. Um, I think this is a conversation that will evolve. You know, that that, that was your kind of last point here, the fact that it's ESG as a concept is something that's developing all of the time. And as pe people become more mindful of, uh, of ESG and the strategies that they'll they'll look to to implement, 
there will become more, um, I guess, more consistency within the within the care sector around. So what works? What doesn't work? What are the things that need to focus on? What are the areas where maybe the sector's got blind spots? And hopefully collectively um, through things like the Sustainability Alliance, we're doing lots of work with this within the Care Leaders Network as, uh, as well. Just that kind of collective mindset of people being able to just talk about stuff that relevant to, to ESG, talk about all of the important aspects of the of the of the program um we'll look back on this in a year's time hopefully and say right we've made some real progress and then three five ten years down the line we'll be we'll be looking back and think to ourselves well like how much how far have we come in that period of time which will be a, a brilliant vantage point to, to have but as i say thank you so much for your time today i've really enjoyed our conversation and let's let, let's try and make sure that we get that that next conversation maybe in 12 months time to, to review where we've got to from an esg perspective yeah, that would be great. Great to talk to you. Thanks, Simon.